Thanks for tuning in to the Upside Down Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'll be one of the hosts. We are a coffee, art, and community space located right across the street from UCLA in Westwood Village. During the week, Upside Down is a coffee shop where you can enjoy lattes, espresso drinks, cold brew, and visit our art gallery. Once a month, we have rotating art exhibitions, and we feature local artists. On this podcast, you might hear anything from an interview with those artists to an interview with a barista champion, one of our staff, or simply someone who comes into the coffee shop. We hope you'll enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Upside Down Podcast. Uh, today, we are joined by Ian and Shelby Montalongo. Do you guys want to say hi? Hi. What's up? And today is going to be a episode where we talk about our upcoming art exhibition called Hairline Fracture. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at Upside Down, we have art. We have a rotating art gallery where we have new exhibitions about once a month. And this next one is really special to us because Shelby is our creative assistant here at Upside Down. If you have followed us on Instagram, seen any of our photography or our graphic design, she does all of that. So we really, really love Shelby. Aww, and thanks. she, yeah. <laughs> and her and her brother created this really cool show based on the Salton Sea which is a lake slash, like, dying lake yeah. <laughs> in the Palm Springs area or further east than Palm Springs, somewhere in California that is desert but somehow has water. And <laughs> uh, it has a really cool, rich history. And in order to understand Very their show fun. better, we thought it would be helpful to get a little bit of context on the Salton Sea so that when you come and you observe the art, you kind of have that framework. So... Shelby and Ian yeah. are here. I'm going to ask them a couple questions, and they're going to tell us about the history and also their personal connection to it and kind of maybe some stories about their number of visits there. Maybe one, you want to start with, like, the beginning, how we got into it? Sure. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, when we first actually started to go, it was to visit the uh, Salvation Mountain. Yeah. Actually, and then we kind of stumbled upon it along the way. It was 2014, and it was for my birthday, and I had heard about Salvation Mountain um, from some high school friends, but I never had the chance to go out there um, until I was, like, in early years of college, and Salvation Mountain is uh, this huge like art installation that literally looks like a small mountain that's painted over like several times. Um, and it, it has to do with the sinner's prayer. Hmm. Um, and so it says like, Jesus loves you all over and it's super bright colors and patterns. And Leonard Knight, um, he passed away actually in 2014 at the age of 82, but he spent his whole life trying to work on these art installations after mm. he um, became a believer that it would yeah. show God's love to people. And that's just all he wanted to do. So he made this uh, mountain. Oh, so he has like other stuff too, like Salvation. They were like failed projects. Failed projects. Yeah. yeah so Salvation Mountain's like the only successful one that people mm. know of. Yeah. But if you dive into his like biography, he tried to make a hot air balloon that failed that, that said, seems like, re- seems like that's a really dangerous thing to fail. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. yeah, like it didn't take off, or like 
it crashed. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it even took off. Yeah, I don't think it took That's off. To he good. wanted it to yeah. say, like, God loves you on it and, like, just, like, go around the just world. Floated around. Float around yeah. the world <laughs> with it. And I don't think it ever took off. And then he tried making the mountain the first time. Um, Which totally collapsed. It collapsed. Mm. So he tried using harsh. like cement and some of these other like more structural materials, which you would think that it would actually you know help, but yeah. in the long run, the whole thing just like fell apart like a sandcastle. Interesting. Yeah. So it's actually made out of adobe and straw and paint now. The mountain. The mountain. Yes. Yeah. I just can't get past the hot air balloon. I keep on thinking, like, <laughs> who who decided like, hey, let's have a picnic and we're gonna be in the picnic basket and then we're gonna be in the sky. You know, like, <laughs> like that just seems like a bad idea all around. Oh my um, gosh. Like a good year. Yeah, they're like they're cute, but also like terrifying. <laughs> he just um, he was really passionate about yeah what how God changed his life, and he just wanted to share it with people. So I thought that was really inspiring. That is yeah. really inspiring. Yeah. So Shelby was hmm. like, "Hey, I want to go see this weird installation art piece in the middle of the desert," and it sounded kind of bizarre but also kind of cool at the same time once we you know we saw that it was actually quite doable actually it was along the way we were driving over there we noticed a lot of the uh the abandoned buildings next to the the sea and um but it wasn't till we actually went to the salvation mountain and we were talking to the volunteers because after yeah, Leonard night yeah. passed away um volunteers have just been upkeeping the mountain because mm. of the harsh desert conditions it wears away the paint and so there's volunteers sense. like painting it like once a week oh wow because it's just so popular and so many people visit it and like walk on it because you can walk and climb all over it um so it just gets wow. worn away really quickly but um one of the volunteers <laughs> there told us about bombay beach um which is this little neighborhood that's off of the salton sea and he told us there's like this rusted giant crane that like collapsed there. That was and it. Yeah. It was just like all rusted over and just sitting on the shoreline somewhere. So he's like, Yeah, go like if you're really interested in abandoned buildings and like dilapidated things, go visit nice that. Yeah. He was like yeah. super stoked to hear that we were Jamie artists or and, James, really, really informative. Well, I didn't even remember his name. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> photograph with them too. Okay, so you hear about Bombay Beach. So that was kind of your first experience with the Salton Sea in that community was visiting this crane on the beach. Yeah. That is decayed. Yeah. Okay. Because it kind of mentioned like kind of like some of the, you know, the, the abandoned buildings that we saw along the way. But you had to go into, uh, you know, you had to go into Bombay Beach. And so we didn't know what that was. It was like a little community. Is it like a technically a town? Is, is there it... a road that takes you there? Or Yeah. Yes, there okay. is. There's, it's actually very structured, like. The neighborhood yeah so there's like these dirt roads and it's very perpendicular and parallel and um you can drive through it but apparently the nearest gas station is by salvation mountain which is like several miles away so a lot of the uh residents at bombay beach like drive or ride golf carts they don't even like drive cars to get oh, around the little neighborhood yeah um but well, they don't have to deal with gasoline yeah because okay. the gas station's like too far interesting yeah okay um, like quads it's only like i actually looked it up in bombay beach the actual square area of it uh -huh. is uh 0.9 miles so it's like oh, not wow. even so a it's mile. really small yeah it's <laughs> okay. tiny and the population is of 200 people now for someone who like I love photography and I've taken photos when I go on trips, but I don't, I don't know if I've 
I can't relate to that like artist's formulating thought of okay I'm seeing something and I really want to like make something out of this <laughs> so you guys yeah. do have that inspiration that like different gene <laughs> and, um, so I'm curious like at it's what like, point because you ended up making a couple trips and you ended up doing some paintings Ian and you've taken a lot of photos Shelby yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. was that like an intentional shift that you guys both talked about or did you like take a photo and you were like, well, if you can do a photo, I can do a painting. Like, how did that transition happen to actually getting to the point where you realized, oh, we have some artwork around this? Yeah. So like when we went over to Salvation Mountain, we both knew what we were going to do. She was going to do photography. I brought some sketchbooks. And I think oh, cool. I also brought like an old camera, too, just for kicks. Um, at that time, I was just just messing around. Shelby was a pro at the, the camera stuff. But um <laughs> We, we just kind of like we would kind of go to these places and then we would kind of like depart for a little bit, kind of do our thing. We'll come back and check in, just make sure, you know, each other were alive or whatnot. Yeah, we didn't get murdered <laughs> <laughs> in the desert. All right. And then, so like when we went to this place, it was kind of like it kind of felt like a kid in a candy store. We mm. just saw so many different potential to all these abandoned buildings and all these like the crane and all this the scenes because even like looking at this would end up being like a nasty ocean i mean like in the summertime it it's it's rank it really does smell really really bad and mm-hmm. like but it's very kind of uh scenic in a in a weird kind of like post-apocalyptic kind of a way which which tend to be like a thing kind of coming up lately yeah there's a lot of open space out there um and it's just all like dirt i feel like we should probably give some context on the salton sea and get into some of the history yeah so shelby you've done some research (laughs) um and you actually gave a really at our staff meeting last week you gave a really good recap of the history so do you want to share just a little bit of what you've learned about it sure so um, the Salton Sea was actually an accident in 1905. Uh, the Colorado River uh, overflowed, and mm. then it continued to be fed from like uh, irrigation like ways from all the different farms around okay. that area. Um, and so it used to be freshwater, and so. Yeah. Um, Oh, it used to be freshwater. Yeah, from the Colorado River. Like, right, oh. that makes sense. It, it, it was already known as the Salton Basin. So the Salton like Basin. That was okay. the lowest point. So it just became yeah. like a sink, literally, mm. for all the runoff. and, and Yeah, um, a lot of runoff. Um, and then in the 50s, there's this kind of, the 1950s, there was this like real estate boom where people discovered it and they're like hey let's buy all the land and build all these resorts and like yacht clubs wow and celebrities like frank sinatra and like uh the marx brothers i guess and like oh um used to just go take trips out there so it got advertised as like this vacation place away from LA. So people like all the celebrities in Hollywood, like would drive out there for the weekend. I mean, it's secluded, but yet it's freshwater. It's big enough that you can do skiing and all these boats. And so, so because of the, because of that saltwater or um, excuse me, the uh, freshwater um, opportunity. Yeah. Like all the businesses kind of when they built around it, I mean, like that was kind of like their lifeline. 
Yeah. And so they also, um, the state of California stocked it with a bunch of different fish. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Um, different so species fish. of fish. So they were trying to say, like, you can water ski here, you can take your boat out, you can fish here. Whoa. Um, and then. <laughs> That's interesting considering what's happened. Is there like a controversy around that? Like you basically put these fish somewhere that's not sustainable kind of a thing? I'm sure there's some environmental, <laughs> like very fuming mad yeah. about what happened. That would make sense because I, I remember you sharing that the state of California is like on the hook to restore it. I wonder yes. if maybe that's why because they, they treated it for a little while as like a net, like new ecosystem. But that right. clearly we, wasn't sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. So the, this whole thing was built upon this this you know fresh water but no one had thought about the long run and because right. it was a sink there was no like self-cycling system like a lake has mm-hmm. yeah like, it just um all the runoff would eventually add much more salt water to it mm. and uh it would just start evaporating so it it had no outlet to the ocean so it was, it was like doomed to fail from wow. the start and i yeah. don't think anyone realized that and it's just yeah, it's really fascinating history. Yeah, it's like a giant puddle that they decided <laughs> to turn into a resort. You know, that's actually a really <laughs> that's good a really collecting great. all the And people don't even realize how junk. big it is. Like, yeah. when you look at a map, you're like, that's a huge body of water in the state right. of California. What is that? And then you're like, oh, yeah, this is Alton Sea. And people will have never actually, heard Actually, yeah, of we it have before. this, like, caricature map at my house that is, like, this little cartoon of all of California. And the Salton Sea is a really big chunk of it yes like it's huge yeah is it yeah. actually that big when you go to it yeah it takes about an hour just to drive around one side oh wow one side like half of it half of it yes wow yeah it when when you stand at a particular point probably where you have the you can get the the full breadth of the view uh-huh. it literally looks like an ocean like huh. you do get to see a couple of, the, a couple of like the mountain ranges on the other side, uh-huh. but it kind of looks like the mountains are just kind of poking out of the ocean. Yeah, I mean it is it's very scenic. Yeah, yeah, it so really is. You can imagine like why people would want to like when it was like healthy, right? You know, love to build a little shack out there, or, you know, yeah. little little yeah. cafe or whatnot. To... So we've made fun of it a lot as being unhealthy and decaying, but is it? Is it fully there yet? Like, are there? I imagine there's still. If it's that big, there's p- spots where the fish are still there, and it's so there. All the fish have died off except for the tilapia species. Tilapia oh. only lives. So it actually. But there's okay. like this great die off every year from all like the algae and bacteria overgrowth that happens in the Salton Sea. Okay. Yeah. So a. So there's a lot of dead fish that come up on the shore. Like it's not sand you're stepping on. It's like crushed fish bone. Yeah, Whoa. so the locals have actually told us don't walk barefoot on the shoreline, and also don't obviously don't go in the water because that's not oh, just the bacteria, and then it's wow. just not safe. Okay, so it actually is that bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it, it also because of um, it's like the one of the largest bodies of water around. A lot of birds have been migrating to the sea, mm. but but then they eat the fish or they get they get you know sick from the bacteria and then the birds end up dying too so, so you'll find bird skeletons out there too you do wow so they're like when when they say like we're talking about how bad it is it, it like it, it is getting it's getting there yeah yeah wow. and then are there I, any have there been any cases where like the people around there have gotten sick from it that you've heard of um i don't as know I, why people would be drinking the water but maybe if they're like 
still trying to play in the water or like do no sports. i think all no. the locals know like don't go in the water, don't go in the water. Yeah. Okay. yeah and they just have to advise tourists to like really don't go in the water don't we have water. never seen anybody in the water all the time that we okay yeah so there. we actually have this joke that like for our show we wanted to make stickers that said salt and sea swim team <laughs> <laughs> that's funny maybe once upon a time but yeah yeah once upon a time once upon a time but we don't want to yeah disclaimer do not swim in the salt and sea um, you get one thing, one takeaway yeah, from one this take podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, w- which is interesting too, because of the situation and like the fish, the birds, you know, how unhealthy the ocean, the, the sea, the sea, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, is getting, uh, there's still people living in, in Bombay beach. Yeah. Um, I mean, they like the privacy slab city is this kind of like off the grid undocumented area that is uh close by and so all the people who live there just they love the seclusion love the privacy um but there's also this weird sense of i shouldn't say weird but there's a sense of hope that the sea is going to be restored and it's going to be bountiful again and beautiful wow so there's like this almost like death and decay story but then there's also this like hope and restoration story yes how have you guys experienced that just from talking to the locals like they've been sharing their thoughts and ideas so um in bombay beach there's only one convenience store and then there's (laughs) one inn and it's called ski inn and it's (laughs) named after i believe like when there's actually water skiing there last time we went i got heat sickness because it was like 110 degrees but it was very very humid and wow. so it just felt like this blanket of heat that was like choking me Ooh. like yeah down on me. Did it they was have so air bad. conditioning there they had amazing air conditioning at the inn okay and the bartender just kept bringing me like gallons of water and it was really nice oh. yeah. like every time we came in he didn't even at yeah, one he didn't point even say anything. he didn't say anything he just like put it right on the table and we just kind of like sit down silently acknowledge his wow his grace what a, what a man <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> seriously it was like the only spot that we can actually it's kind of like recover from the heat yeah it was like the oasis yeah so yeah. everybody uh stays indoors until okay. the heat breaks and then everybody kind of like yeah for the summer because in the winter because it is the desert it gets very cold yeah in the winter extreme weather conditions interesting and also when it's also in the definitely in the fall but definitely when it gets colder it doesn't smell anymore oh it's, so it's the heat that brings out the smell yeah yeah probably like just the heat baking all the dead fish out there oh so like it, that's really you appreciate it yeah once you smelled it and then you're like going in the winter time you're like yeah yeah winter time <laughs> is much better to go we're gonna come back again this time hmm. it's like a metaphor the smell is like a metaphor for like you get out and you can like you know that more is going on beneath the surface and like mm-hmm. there's a story to this place that you may not know just by driving by yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. been interesting to see um, the progression of, like, I guess, respect for the area. Because when we first started mm. going back in 2014, all the abandoned buildings and houses at Bombay Beach and, like, along the shoreline, they were all just graffitied and, like, trashed up. Like, people just Trash, which just would kind of piss and, off like, the locals. Yeah. And then as it, we've just kept going, um, taking our trips out there... Recently, we've noticed that they're trying to clean, like, I don't know who's trying to, but the abandoned buildings and houses are being cleaned up. Which is kind of cool because every time you go there, there's like some giant new sculpture laid. Mm. Like one time we 
we there was nothing and then now um there was like this giant uh metal wrought iron cube they call the tesseract and then the following year we go and there was like this giant cement star installation piece that was you know established and then all these other little kind of stuff on the beach would start popping up little tesseract that's from avengers i'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> what you see you're like this is some serious business <laughs> yeah. here this is not like some i think that's janky like the little... thing that loki used to like call the aliens to destroy the earth or something like that or it like unleashes some crazy power but i'm guessing that's not what this tesseract is like <laughs> totally d- yeah it yeah. wasn't a gateway to another dimension for sure <laughs> Okay. Well, it feels like another dimension when you go to the Salton Sea, so maybe. It's like the Power Stone or something. <laughs> yeah, okay. Interesting. Um, Thanos comes out of nowhere. Let's talk about Hairline Fracture. What did okay. that name come from? How does that connect to what you guys have been doing there? Man, that's, that's, a, that's a big one. We, we went through a lot of ideas and a lot of titles because when we first started, we just started like making stuff just for kicks, like fun, uh, just you know, kind of exploring. And then, um, once we kept going and going and going, we got started getting like a body of work. Um, we tried to find a way that both our work kind of intersected. And, uh, we went through a lot of titles, actually a lot of, a lot of them were really bad too. Oh yeah. (laughs) Do you have any examples of the bad ones? (laughs) Oh my goodness. You kind of already shared like salt and sea swim team. (laughs) (laughs) I think at one point we're just going to see how bad of a title we could just like make for the show. Wasn't it like salt crap and other stuff? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Salt crap and other. Yeah. I mean, descriptive, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't intend on creating the show when we first started our trips. Right. It just came about from all this art we had and we're like, wow, we have so much art. We're brother and sister doing these trips together. Um, let's have a show and we've tried doing collaborative art projects before and it hasn't really turned out <laughs> super well because <laughs> we just think very differently okay Shelby you like you like preparing and set up for your shots and all that and you take like one or two photographs and you're, you're done and I just like do 50 different variations <laughs> and pick the best one and oh wow I've noticed that even in our social media I'm always impressed by like Shelby just takes one photo. And <laughs> you <laughs> notice that too? Yeah. I think when you did our headshots for the website, we like walked over and I expected to have to take like 10 and you took one and you're, you just kind of very quietly were like, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> at first you kind of like question like, are, did you? Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. But then you look at it and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this works. Um, I think kind of in closing, a cool thing to talk about would be the show itself. Um and a specific piece in that show, Shelby, you created this like multimedia video experience, right? Or maybe maybe it's just a video. You're looking at me with like such a funny face. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a performance art video. It's a performance. So, okay. So what is a performance art video? And is there anything you'd want to talk about about that piece? Because did you create that piece kind of with the show in mind? I uh, did. Okay, cool. So... Uh, when normally performance art is performed live in front of an audience and I get really bad anxiety and stage fright. So I like to record them with my camera and then show them as videos later. Um, and we have a projector in the space, so that's great. So I'm in the show, it'll be a video projection on the mm-hmm. wall. 
And the video is essentially 20 minutes of me snuggling in this very disgusting, nasty, nasty found chair, more like an armchair. So it's like the fabric is all ripped up and it's like there were probably mites <laughs> in it or some kind of insect infestation in it. Whoa. And it had bird poop on it and okay like someone tore it up like the seat cushion up so it was really uncomfortable to sit in yikes and it, so it i changes just, location too like every time you go there it's the same chair yeah but we found someone it just later like, you know it started oh, like, like you found it again we found yeah. it again and then yeah. like i photographed wow. it yeah. what a chair yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people are just dragging this around like the beach and that's interesting jacked up but i i found it and i actually moved its location too to this area that had like wood pieces and like it it looks like a it was like once a house of yeah some sort. it was just down to the studs yeah it really was oh it's in a it's in what used to be a house it's like barely the framework of, yeah. <laughs> okay. of a house barely a house barely a hint of a house uh, yeah it's really like a hint <laughs> of a house okay so that's very cool and i remember when you were demoing the video in the space it looked like Super, super high quality. Did you shoot it on like an 8K IMAX camera or something like that? I just shot it on my DSLR. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm making that part up. But (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty impressive. I was like, oh, wow. That's a... Shout out to Canon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. All right. Well, then, I, you know, I think we've covered a lot of good stuff. So what is like, in closing, something that you guys would just want people to kind of maybe have in their mind coming into the show? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's always kind of cool to know a little bit of context, at least understand what the artist is trying to go for. If there's a theme or whatnot, so that when you're viewing the pieces, obviously everyone's going to have different experiences, but um, kind of get maybe a particular type of experience that the artist is going for. So, like, I think for people walking in and viewing the show, um, in the big picture of it is mainly how the this really bizarre kind of dilapidated landscape has almost become almost like a think space for shelby and i Mm -hmm. honestly and it's like when you think about all the crazy think spaces you know people go to like coffee shops and they sit in a nice comfy chair and then like or you know they they're in the safety of their home they walk through a garden or if they even take a trip somewhere it's like somewhere beautiful like I don't know, even in the desert, like Joshua Tree is much more beautiful place in the mm. desert than the Salton Sea. Yeah. So instead of like you're going up to the mountains to like a retreat in like a cushy home, mm-hmm. having a cup of tea, like playing cards, it's like exactly. dirt, chair that's falling apart and Rusted like nails. fish bones. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's your guys' <laughs> place of recentering. Yes. Okay. When we first started going there we didn't expect to have kind of like this experience but it just turned out that as the more and more we just kind of played around in there we realized that we were both kind of thinking deeply about things maybe just because it was the environment was uh it was a different change of pace but also it's like everything is kind of like after the fact yeah how is that what does that kind of mean to you guys the the remnant of what used to be there sounds like that's something you guys are really drawn to from it you want to go okay so like um having having a lot of like expectations or having um a lot of these living with a lot of standards um you know 
for good things too, right? But like you go in this area and it kind of feels like a blank slate or like a white piece mm-hmm. of paper or like, you know, a brand new roll of film is what you're going to do with it. And mm-hmm. so when we're going there and like you're looking at all the stuff, it's like stuff left over from people's lives. And so then it kind of gets you thinking about like, okay, like this is from, you know, this is from someone's life that they moved on or, you know, they no longer live here or whatnot, but they're not here anymore. And this is like the residue of all of that. And and so then those become like your raw materials to like create something with. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, as you're, you know, you're messing with that kind of stuff, you kind of think about, you know, your own yourself, like, and then, um, by thinking, you know, start asking like deep questions and all that kind of usually forces you to kind of like confronting yourself about these issues. Yeah, it Mm. does. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. In like both a future and past kind of sense, right? Like what am I doing with my stuff? (laughs) (laughs) My stuff that's left over, but also like what what have I left over? Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of how it goes. It can be overwhelming, but we just... It sounds almost cathartic and intense at the same time. It, it's a very weird experience. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think we totally have enough to close, but that just made me think of like one final question, which is like, yeah. is there a specific thing that it helped one of you work through? So for me, I really struggled with my identity of being an artist Um, I actually grew up reading and writing. I went to an art school for high school just specifically for creative writing. Mm -hmm. I had to audition Mm -hmm. to get into. I took three-hour writing classes every day for all four years of high school. Oh, wow. And, yeah, yeah, OSHA. Shout out to OSHA. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I I just felt like this pressure to become this identity of what I was doing – and as I began to mm-hmm. explore photography and art, I didn't feel confident that I was like, I can take this identity for myself and make it my own. Um, so a lot of external pressure mm-hmm. to act a certain way and to do and say certain things. Um, so as I explored photography, I fell in love with it. And it really broke my heart that I couldn't see myself as an artist I it was just something it was like this mental block that I was like oh I'm not an artist because I don't paint or draw or do a b and c Um, but I loved art and photography so much and so being able to go to the Salton Sea and take these trips and just play around with my camera and experiment it really helped me to get over that hurdle and like um, it actually helped me to accept the fact that I wanted to major in art. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, at a university. I was way too insecure. Um, I actually wanted to double major at Biola in studio art and communications as like communications as a backup. And mm-hmm. it was the communications director who was like, you're crazy. The studio art program is far too intense to, do, mm. to double major. He was like, you should pick one. And I remember just mm-hmm. crying that day. And I was like, I'm not confident enough to just study art. Like, I'm not good enough. But doing these trips, it just helped me to experiment more and become solid in that decision. Wow. 
stuff like that. Yeah, right? well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, you guys both are artists. Really, really impressive ones, I might add. Um, and <laughs> Thank you. Please come you. to their show. Um, <laughs> we please. are really excited about it. And I think that there is a lot that, honestly, pretty much anyone can kind of glean from this. It's just, yeah, it's a really cool story. It's cool what it's done, both for California, for the people there, for your own lives, um, and really all of the above. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.